Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of the To The Heights podcast. This is Olivia Colombo, and I am so excited to be embarking on this project of sharing stories of young people of the Catholic Church and those who minister to them. The title, To The Heights, is the translation of the quote, Verso Lealto, by Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, a 24-year-old who is on his way to canonization because he dedicated his life to caring for the poor and vulnerable. But he was also a young adult, a student, and he really enjoyed mountain climbing, which is where the idea of ascending to the heights and reaching for the glory of God comes from. Through my own work in ministry and media, I've had the blessing of meeting so many young people with incredible stories and incredible light and inspiration, and I wanted a platform to share those conversations and those stories. This brings us to our first guest, Michaela Hagar. Michaela is a 24-year-old youth minister for a parish collaborative in the Archdiocese of Boston, and she happened to be my youth minister. She studied theology at Franciscan University and has been on a plethora of mission trips to Haiti, runs a Life Team youth ministry program, leads praise and worship music, and has an undying love of otters. (laughs) Michaela and I had a chance to sit down and talk about life in youth ministry and life as a young adult Catholic. All right, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the conversation and get inspired by Michaela's story of reaching to the heights. All right, it's Olivia here, and we are in the Catholic TV studio in Watertown, and I am here with my very beautiful friend, Michaela Hagar. I am so excited that you are here to film, not film, record. I'm so used to videography. Okay, this is new. The whole podcast thing is new. Um, And Michaela, I'm so glad that you are here for the very first episode. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I am excited to be here. That's awesome. Um, So Michaela is a youth minister. Michaela was my youth minister um, and is a dear friend of mine. And in thinking about the whole message of the podcast, and how it's based on Pierre Giorgio Frassati, who was a young adult doing very awesome things and changing lives. That might just kind of be the definition of Michaela. <laughs> so you are very fit to be the first guest here. So I guess, who are you? Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so like you said, my name is Michaela Hagar. Um, I'm 24, and um, I'm a youth minister in Hingham, Massachusetts. I've been there for three years. Um, and it's been an absolute blessing. I grew up a Catholic, so I guess you could say I was a cradle Catholic, baptized as a baby, um, went through the whole kind of youth ministry program back in Maine where I grew up um, and was a leader once I hit high school and continued on to Franciscan University of Steubenville in Ohio where I received a degree in theology and catechetics and then a concentration in youth ministry. And right after graduation, um, like a week after graduation, moved to Massachusetts and have just been like going ever since. And it's it's been a very beautiful season and a very beautiful growing period in my life. Um, and I, I don't think I could be happier. I, I honestly think that like I got my dream job as my first job. And if like the Lord is spoiling me in this way, like it's I can't even imagine um, what he has in store for just the rest of my life. That's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think you have the dream job. <laughs> I kind of want your job at some point in time, but that's a different story. Um, all right, so you work at Seaside Life Teen, um, which is part of the Life Teen program. Do you want to give the 30-second what is Life Teen? 
in oh, case people man. don't know what that is. Yeah, so I can give it 30 seconds. So we also, for those listening, we also now have a video out, which um, Olivia Ooh, can yes. put in the show notes um, afterward, the link to that yeah. video. Um, but basically, so Seaside Life Teen, what that basically means is we are subscribed to Life Teen International, and we kind of follow their breakdown of a life night, which is a gather, proclaim, break, send. So we meet every Sunday, we gather them together, and we do, the technical term is called calculated disengagement. And it's this idea that every student that comes in is walking in with some sort of baggage, whether that be homework or sports, or maybe something's going on in the family. So we, we literally play a game just to disengage them from whatever they're coming in with and then try to engage them and prepare them for what the Lord wants to speak to them in the proclaim. So the proclaim is that main teaching of the night. Um, it, last anywhere between 10 to 15 minutes um and then after that we move into the break where they take what they received in the proclaim and they break it open and they ask that question how does this apply to my life like that's all fine and good but what does this have to do with me and that usually takes the form of like small group questions um sometimes it's journaling reflections sometimes it's adoration we it's anything like that try to switch it up every now and again um, and then the send is when we gather everyone all back together and we just do like a closing prayer as a group and we pray for each other's intentions. Um, and then they, they hopefully can take what they've received and bring it out into the world because we don't want it to stay isolated. That, that would kind of like defeat yeah. the purpose. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Life nights are definitely the highlight of my week. I look forward. I come home every once in a while for them. Aww. <laughs> um, but Life Teen is an awesome organization. Um, I went to their Steubenville conferences, Life Teen Partners with Steubenville, um, and obviously Seaside Life Teen and a couple other Life Teen groups in the area. And there have just been so many cool things that have come out of Life Teen, like teens that have truly been changed. Like, I don't know. It's so cool to see like an average high schooler who's just like, doing their sports, doing their school, having their right. friends. And then all of a sudden, like something in a life night or something. I don't know. We have weekly holy hours that you play awesome music and we will talk about music ministry. <laughs> I'm not letting you leave without that. Um, and something touches them in adoration or holy hour or even a mission trip to Haiti. I'm sure that we will talk about <laughs> Haiti. Um, and then they just, I don't know. So, so cool to see these young people like absolutely on fire and just... I don't know. They go out and like at BC High, we have a group of boys who have started their own kind of life teen program based off of the program that you and father created, which is so cool. Speaking of the word cool, <laughs> would you like to tell me your coolest story? I know that's a big question and it doesn't have to be the absolute coolest because I feel like there's so many cool stories. Like I have so many stories that I just like to whip out every once in a while in a theology class about like Haiti or about Israel. Israel was definitely cool. Israel was so cool. Yeah. And we'll be like talking about the nativity or something and like Karl Rahner or some theologian. And I'll be like, well, when I was at the place of the nativity <laughs> last August. But, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I think like you mentioned, all of those are, are super cool. Israel was really cool. Um, I think the coolest part of Israel for me was just I had the opportunity and the blessing to go when I was in high school. Um, so when that opportunity came full circle and I was bringing high schoolers, um, that was really cool. It was a different experience uh, for me this time around because it was very much, um, I guess like the, the coolest thing that I do in my job, like in general, is I try to set up encounters with God and like encounters with the Lord for for the teens and for those you know we have confirmation also a part of our program so those in confirmation 
And I just like to set it up and then get out of the way, like step back and let the Lord work. Um, so that's what I feel like all of our, all of the trips that um, I run, that's kind of like the framework of them. And that's the, that's the goal is they encounter Jesus and they have a radical lasting conversion. Um, so I would say the same thing with Israel it was just that idea of like, it was a different experience for me um, this time around. Cause it was very much like, I want you all to encounter the Lord. Um, and it was cool, but a different cool story that I will just kind of touch on briefly um, is, so we do a lot of partnership with um, Haiti 180. Sean Forrest um, has, is doing amazing work out in Haiti um, and has been doing amazing work for years now. And we recently started partnering with him. Gosh, was it only like a year or two? Two, two years, years ago, ago, I think. Which yeah. is crazy. Um, and w- one of the times that we were there, we met this man named uh, Jean Simon and he is paralyzed um, from the neck down. And he was someone who was in a gang in Haiti, uh, more or less. And because of that, like the villagers just have no respect for him and don't take care of him. Um, and with Haiti already being a third world country and it's hard enough as it is to then have no, no help yeah. and is really hard. So he was paralyzed in a motorcycle accident. Um, but anyways, when we were there, we were told by the missionary on the ground, her name is Katie Herman, um, we were told that, you know, you can, we, we take care of him, you can pray with him and stuff. But um, Father Father was asking, Father Sinisha um, was asking, can we, you know, would he go to confession? Would he want like a holy, like Eucharist? Um, and she was like, you can try, but he never, he's never done it before yeah. with the mission group. So um, I don't remember which trip it was that it happened on, um, but one of the trips he like officially uh, like agreed and he um, he went to confession with Father Sinisha and then um, received, you know, uh, communion and also received anointing of the sick. And ever since then, um, he's I think he's changed. Like he's yeah, a completely different completely person. Completely different. And even like people who have gone that aren't with our group, like uh, Chris Stefanik has talked about him a lot, especially in the the Sikh conference and stuff. He talks about John Simon and how like this guy is so like happy and so radiant even though his situation isn't like yeah. ideal um i think that was the game changer yeah you can totally like feel his joy and like his just radical peace when you walk into his little hut Absolutely. and his hut isn't bigger than like most people's closet maybe yeah and i also heard i haven't seen it but maybe one of the walls of the hut fell down recently and then was patched up or something oh i didn't know that i only heard that because i've painted murals above his head and on the wall that he like looks at from his bed and then father sanisha was like all right next time you're down you need to paint a new mural because that wall is gone um oh no so this poor guy he he was just sitting there and he had awful bed sores and but those are completely are almost completely healed yeah um from the time that katie found him about two years ago um till now when you guys still go down and bring kids to see him and he's just such a joyful witness and I think that he has changed so many people's lives and just his story. Like the yeah. fact that, I don't know, 2,000 miles away, there's people talking about him all the time. Right, right. Yeah, the impact that he's had is definitely like, it's it's global now, you know, it's, it's, it's cross countries. So it's really cool. Yeah. So I guess on the topic of Haiti, so in the whole realm of youth ministry, you get to bring teens on mission. How does that how does that impact being a youth minister and your, I don't know, your ability to work with teens? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's such a blessing. 
I would say that the mission trips are um, kind of where I get to know the students the most because our class size um, is it ranges anywhere between like 150 to 175 every Sunday, which is huge for yes. New England. Like it's it's wicked intimidating. So like I I will admit there are still days where I'm like, what's your name again? And I feel <laughs> awful because I just can't remember them all. Um, but when we go to Haiti, we usually only take about 20 students. Um, and that's where I really kind of get to know them on a deeper level. Um, just not only do I know their name finally, um, <laughs> but I get to learn more about them and they get to like learn more about me in outside of like a classroom setting. Um, so it's definitely like, that's definitely impacted the ministry for sure. Um, but also just like the radical conversions um, yes. and, and they're lasting. That's like, that's the real proof there, you know, cause I feel like we've all experienced maybe a retreat high when we were in high school or something where you ride the wave for a little bit and then like reality hits you in the face and you're like, oh, what the heck, Lord, you know? <laughs> um, but this is just like, man, it's it's radical. And I think a lot of it has to do with just how much we pray when we're on mission trips. Because um, we get up, we do morning prayer, then we go do all of our service and we're praying with those people. Um, we, we pray with John Simone, like, a rosary or two a day yeah um we uh, then we come back we have yeah, at night we have mass and then an hour immediately um after mass an hour of adoration so it's like i mean even if a kid comes in to the to the trip and he was like i just wanted to like be a good person and help someone like they can't help but be radically changed and radically encounter the lord and what what i find is they come back and they're just hungry for that so then they start coming to our thursday holy hours and all of a sudden like going to life night isn't something their parents are forcing them to do they'll come to tuesday night rosary like they're they're all in yeah. um and it it's lasting so it's cool yeah i think that's interesting that you use the word lasting i um so i'm a journalist for bc's catholic newspaper the torch and i got to interview sarah swafford from oh, the chastity sweet. project yeah. in at seek in january and she was talking about how the difference between like a one-time retreat and she was specifically talking about an organization like Focus, which I would say that Focus is maybe the college equivalent of Life Teen, pretty yeah. similarly structured. Um, but she was talking about how programs like that create lasting conversion because it's not just the retreat. It's when you come home from the retreat, there's you're not falling on nothing. Like there's right. a, already a structure in place um, to keep you going and to give you opportunities to go to a holy hour or to, I don't know, Father Sinesha, I think he's taking a group this weekend, um, but go into the city and serve the homeless. So you have that aspect of praying with people and serving people, even if you're not in Haiti. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So on the topic of travel, here's a question that I want to ask you. So what are you doing in May slash June? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for this. I am finally checking off a dream of mine from my bucket list and i am hiking the entire camino um so yeah excited super intimidating because um the camino so the way i understand it is the camino is the traditional route in which um saint james took to spread the gospel through spain and then he actually was martyred in what is present day santiago um, and that's where he's buried in the cathedral so, um, but the trail itself technically starts in France. <laughs> um, so me and my friend Holly are flying um, to Lourdes 
and we're gonna do That's so cool yeah i didn't know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're flying but that was like a oh let's just do this yeah. because like why not um are you gonna be over there yeah so um <clears throat> yeah so we're flying to lords and we're gonna do um the baths and and do all of that and dedicate the pilgrimage to our lady of lords which will just be super cool yeah. And then we'll hike to the trailhead that same day. So that first day on the ground is going to be exhausting, but so, um, so worth it. Yeah. So we'll get to the trailhead, we'll stay overnight, and then we'll start the hike. So it's 500-ish miles, give or take. It's definitely 500, might be a little more than that. Um, and we have 35 days to do it. That's so crazy. Yeah, we got to do about 25 miles a day. Um, we're hoping to have like two rest days in there, but... We're only going to take them if we, like, absolutely need them kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I've been training for that and getting all my gear. and um, But more importantly, trying to figure out how I'm going to prepare uh, spiritually for that. Because on all the other trips that we do, right, when I take, you know, kids to Israel or um, to Haiti. And this summer we're going to Medjugorje. Um, we're always going somewhere. And there's so much spiritual prep that goes into it before yeah. along with the planning. Not only just praying for the the trip and everyone that's going but also um we prepare like a spiritual guide while we're there some sort of meditation book for you guys or you know things that we've planned way in advance and now it's it's like oh i'm, I'm not really sure what i'm gonna do because i have to carry everything i need True. for 35 days so i can't be like you know hiking around these like like everything you know massive when bibles yeah <laughs> like when you're hiking like that like every ounce counts um so the only the thing that keeps coming back to me in prayer um, that I think I will probably focus on is if I have 35 days, it should take me 35 days to do it with two rest days. So this this thought keeps coming back to me of like, what if I just meditate on each year of like Christ's life? Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking is the game plan. Um, Obviously, I'll have to like use imagination for that because yeah. we got some big gaps in there. <laughs> From, like zero to 12. <laughs> yeah. And then like 12 to 30. So yeah. we're like, all right. So like it's helpful in the sense that I work with teenagers yeah. to like be like, okay, like a normal teenager would have like he's not normal, but like a normal teenager would be thinking about these things at this point in their life. And um, and then to try to see how like God, like Jesus, yeah, would have elevated that that normal life. Like, yeah, he was fully human and fully divine. Um, so it adds like a, a new element to it, but I'm so excited and I'll be carrying people's prayer intentions. So Olivia, let me know if there's anything I can carry. All right. You Are you doing like an intention per mile or something like that? <laughs> uh, I didn't think of that. No, I was thinking like maybe ex the, whoever, you know, gives me prayer intentions, I'll probably just write their names down. Um, and maybe like a bullet point of, of what they need prayer for and then do divvy it up like x amount of people per day yeah so that when i'm tempted to complain i can just like reach into that like water <laughs> bottle pocket and like pull out that that list of names and be like uh my feet hurt but like i'm offering it for like for this, this person, person and this person yeah that's awesome that's beautiful i'm so excited for you <laughs> all right so i guess switching well not really switching gears so we were talking about prayer and as much as i wanted to talk about youth ministry um and i was your student i guess last year and the year before kind yeah. of um i am now in college and you are a college graduate <laughs> um, and when i hit college i had no idea what everyone told me that it was going to be really hard to like adjust my prayer life to college and i was like yeah yeah i'll be fine like 
I, I got this. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I will have just gone to Israel and then I'll move in like a week later and I will be on fire and there's no way I'm dropping my prayer life. And then I got to BC and I had no idea how to pray as a young adult in college. Mm -hmm. So I guess I wanted to talk about prayer life, your tips for maintaining prayer life in college slash post life teen era. Like once you're out of your youth group, what does prayer look like to you? And what are your tips for maintaining prayer in a busy life? Okay. That's a big question. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's a good question. It's a wicked important question. Um, ooh, yeah, I guess the biggest advice I can give, if you're listening to this and you're still in high school, um, and you go through, you go to programs or you go to something where like, it's very set up for you, um, whether someone's leading a meditation or maybe it's a rosary group or something where, and you've never led that rosary, um, my biggest advice would be take ownership now mm -hmm. like learn how to do it learn how to be comfortable with it um because after you know after high school um it, it's really depending on where you go right it could be really uh be sink or swim yeah even like when i was a student at franciscan i noticed um it wasn't everyone for sure it was definitely a minority of people but um so many people were in households but of the people that were in households um I saw how they only prayed at like household commitments. Uh. And so it's, you know, it's n nothing's perfect. And at the end of the day, like you have to take ownership for it. But um, I think, yeah, that's my biggest advice is, is take ownership. If you don't even know how to pray, if you're like, Michaela, like I don't even have anything. I'm a parish. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is all wicked, irrelevant. Um, fear not. I will give that <laughs> advice. Um, I am ready to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like prayer is just a conversation, right? It's a conversation with uh, our Lord, but like it's meant to be a conversation with not only like your best friend, like, but the one that loves you and knows you more profoundly than anyone else. So it's like there's there should be almost like this trust or this um, familiarity with it because there's nothing you could say that would make him love you less. There's nothing you've done that could make him love you less or more. Like there's it's, you don't earn it. It's just a it's a state of being, right? We're human beings, not human doings. So to just come to him and be honest. And like, I think the best advice I ever got was um, like, don't be afraid to to bang on the Lord's chest. Like he's a big, he's a big guy. He can take mm -hmm. it. Like it's not, you're not gonna yeah. hurt his feelings. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Um, so just to learn how to be honest um, and to learn what his voice sounds like by getting into scripture. I think that's the most underutilized uh, tool in the Catholic, you know, the lay Catholic society um, is like scripture. Like the, yeah. the Catholic Church gave that to you. Like it's a gift. It's yours. Um, and it's all scripture is God breathed. So you can trust what it has to say. So start in the Gospels. Start somewhere where it's more familiar because you're hearing the Gospels every Sunday. Um, and just learn what the Lord's voice sounds like. So when you're in prayer, you can learn how to hear him speak to you on a more personal level. Yeah, that I actually I have a blink on how to read scripture for teens. I will link that one down Perfect. too. Um, all right. So I guess the busy life thing is something. I mean, you do just need if right. if the Lord is that important and is the center of your life, you're going to make time for it. Right. Um, but it is hard. It's when, hard. Yeah, when there's so many classes and work and so much to do. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely like, uh, 
don't dismiss any of that at all because it's very real and like you think that maybe your life will slow down when you graduate (laughs) it doesn't oh my gosh it gets so much faster because now all of a sudden like you're an adult and people are it's like those memes you see on instagram all the time is like someone comes to you with like some problem and you're looking around for the adult and you realize like you are the adult and you're like shoot i need like a more adultier adult to handle this situation because i don't know what i'm doing um but yeah so in terms of like when like how to pray when life's so busy um you know some of the the greatest saints in our church have talked about how you can make prayer um like work a prayer Mm -hmm. um and I would definitely say, like, start there if you don't know how to pray to just offer offer up your prayers. And it would be very simple, like, Jesus, I offer you this homework that I'm doing. Jesus, I offer you this this time of studying. You know, and it's, boom, as simple as that. And now you've made it a prayer. Um, it doesn't have to be this elaborate, like, prayer that has all these fancy words in it because that's, like, that's kind of silly. Like, yeah. there's a place and time for that. Yeah. But, like, if you're really on a time crunch, you're not going to be, like, no. sitting there pulling out a thesaurus of, like, which <laughs> words to use today in yes. prayer with Jesus. Um, but, yeah, to make make your work a prayer. Um, but also, man, just, like, five minutes a day. Like, so many of us can, can genuinely give five minutes a day. And maybe that looks like something where you have to put um, some sort of app on your phone that blocks social media um, applications for like certain hours of the day. I just did that for Lent because the struggle <laughs> is real, man. Yes. The struggle is real. So like, so that your your first thing you do in the morning isn't, you know, checking your phone um, or checking, you know, whatever social media feed or any snaps that came through last night. Um, but it's, you know, Lord, I give you this day and everything that comes with it. And I just ask you to, um, you know, take take the lead take control and like don't get ahead of yourself like just ask for grace for like today you know like lord i i i don't need grace i need grace for the rest of these days but i'm only asking for it for today like help me get through today and to do that every single day you're going to start to see a pattern where things will change and you'll handle situations better you'll handle friendships better confrontation better um but one step at a time yeah definitely and something something that i've been thinking a lot about in prayer is that after like you do that every single day um the quote by jp2 life with christ is a wonderful adventure yeah. keeps coming up because i feel like in college i don't know maybe this is just like i i've flown away from the constraints <laughs> of my hometown and little high school and whatever and i'm in the big world right but like i don't know after i mean i guess this podcast could be considered part of that but like I just started a holy hour at school. Like all of these beautiful adventures are coming out of that and are just little whispers after doing that every single day. But I definitely like your point about offering up every single thing and like making that, I don't think you should make that your like primary form of prayer. No. Um, But it definitely, I don't know, it's praying without ceasing. Right. What is that? Corinthians? Mm, I'm embarrassing my scripture Mm -hmm. knowledge. Okay. It's something St. Paul said. Sorry, Dr. (laughs) Bergsman. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Something St. Paul said is pray without ceasing. I think it's Corinthians. Um, But like, I don't know. I started in high school, every top of like my worksheet, um, or even now every paper that I write, even if it's in like Microsoft Word, I type at the top, like little cross plus sign (laughs) and then JMJ, just to remind myself that like, there's a blessing on that paper and that paper is like, being offered up like that is a form of 
prayer. And it's created so many beautiful conversations with professors who are not necessarily religious, like, hey, right. what's at the top of your paper? Right. Um, but also just a reminder that every time I start off, like, typing a theology paper, like, remember who you're doing it for. You're not just studying about God. Like, this work is for him. Right. Like, you're, that whole idea that, um, like, some athletic, like, Catholic schools use for their athletic club is, like, you you play for an audience of one. Mm-hmm. And that yes. whole idea is, like, who, who are you looking at? You know, when you do something, because if you're looking at the world and you're, you're seeking your identity and your worth from the world, like when people don't respond the way you want them to or they, you know, cut you down, like your identity goes out the window and you're devastated. Like, oh, my goodness. No wonder, like, so many people struggle today. I mean, there's there's a ton of other reasons. I'm not dismissing those either. But like a big one is identity. And a lot of people are searching for their identity through social media. Um, how many likes do I get? How many shares do I get? How many followers do I have? Um, and they're crushed when yes. they like don't have that many. Like I, you know, I know people that own a, accounts that have thousands of followers and get thousands of likes every day. And then eventually, right? Like say one day they got thirty-five thousand likes, and the next day they have like ten thousand. They're devastated. I'm yeah. like, hmm, wow, yeah. like that's crazy. But um, it's so true. It's a reality that we're living in. And and until you know we can kind of identify it and name it it'll be hard to change that so we have to remember like our primary identity is is a child of God um so we have to look to him as the father and that that ties back into that whole idea of like you per you perform and you play and you you know compete you run the race as scripture says for an audience of one and his is the only opinion that matters and he's already called you his he's already called you beloved it's not like it's not this idea of earning Right. So it's it's living from that identity and everything should flow from that identity um, and to claim that every single day, because there are definitely days where you wake like I wake up and I look in the mirror and I'm like, I do not look like a beloved daughter of God. I don't feel it before I drink my coffee either, like until I'm awake and functioning. Um, right. But like your circumstances don't determine your identity. Um, but I do want to say, so the thing you write at the top of your paper, like yeah. JMJ. Okay, so <laughs> this is super embarrassing, I guess, but whatever. Oh dear, you were laughing when I said it. And I knew there was something. <laughs> There's a story. Um, so when I was at Franciscan, so many people would write that at the top of their paper. And um, I would be like, oh, cool. Like, I want to do it. Like, when we're grading each other's essays, like, you see it. Right. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Everyone else is doing it. <laughs> and I, like, wrote it. And I, like, didn't understand what it was. Like, I never knew. Like, I just knew. I was like, oh, it's definitely a prayer thing. Don't know that they're, like, but that beautiful idea that they're offering that that work for the Lord. Um, and to just, like, basically ask him, like, I don't want this to just be a grade, but I want it to carry forth. I want it to bear fruit way farther in the future. Like, on my own, it's not going to be anything, even if it's 100. Like, but with you, if you bless it, if your anointing is upon it, um, then it's going to change lives. And it's going to be more than just a paper. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, Jesus, Mary, Joseph. Like, I think that's what it is. And I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure it's some Latin. Is it? Oh, Oh, sweet. I mean, it might have a double meaning, but I always thought it was Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Oh, okay. That's what Father says. Okay. Well, (laughs) all right, then. (laughs) Father Sinisha says it. Right. That's got to be true. (laughs) That's awesome. I knew there was a story there. (laughs) All right. So... I guess, I don't know, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I have a quick little speed round of questions, which I promise is not random. So whenever I'm interviewing someone for, so I've done some environmental activism work for the Jane Goodall Institute, and we interview like young change makers. So like if you see a story of like a 12 year old who's like 
doing paintings to sell for animal welfare. Like we pick up stories like that and write about them. And whenever we interview them, we do a speed round of questions, okay. which this is a very different speed round of questions <laughs> than I would give a 12 year old who loves animals. Right. But I think it's wonderful. I mean, I'd be okay with those questions too. I bet I could <laughs> What's do your favorite animal? <laughs> <laughs> it's an otter. Just in case anyone was curious. I, I knew that. Yes. Okay, so fun fact about Michaela: If you need anything from her, or if you're applying to go to Haiti and you really, really want to get on that trip, you have to attach an otter, preferably a meme of an otter mm. or a picture of otters holding hands. Yes. Okay, so wait. I feel like I need to explain this to our listeners. There's a very, there's, it's deeper than just they're really cute because they are really cute. Oh my gosh. So talking about them, I get, I tear up. Like I love, tearing them, up. I love them that much. Um, so it's almost like manipulative that my kids do that, but they know it works and I'm not angry about it. It does work. It, it does work. <laughs> it does work. Um, but yeah, so they're really cute. That's definitely one of them. But also like they hold hands when they sleep, like with each other. So they don't float away. That is beautiful and super cute. And when they're cold, they wrap themselves in seaweed, like a blanket. And then of course the adorableness of like how they open clams by like tapping them on a rock that sits on their stomach while they're floating on their back. It's just, it's too much. Their little paws can't handle it. Uh, dream of mine is to go to California because in California you can swim with them. So maybe one day I'll do that. All right. So after the Camino. <laughs> yeah. Next on the bucket list is. We're going to go there. All right. You ready for my speed round of um, To the Heights podcast speed round questions? I am so ready. All right. What's your favorite book of the Bible? Acts because it's like an action movie. Ooh, okay. Favorite book in general? Uh, I don't have a favorite book in general, but my favorite book that I'm reading right now is Captivating by John Instasi. I'm probably butchering her name. I'm sorry. Eldridge. Um, oh my gosh, you! I could go on and on, but basically the whole premise of the book is it's like the feminine soul and like almost like the feminine genius and what does that look like um, in relationship to each other, but also like your relationship as a woman um, with God. That is awesome. And I, I want to read that one. <laughs> it's okay. so good. It's wrecking me. I didn't think I was going to like it, but I read it and I cry and I'm like, okay, Lord. <laughs> all right. Next up on my reading list. Um, all right. What is your favorite musician or band? Oh, Bethel. For sure. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> all right. Bethel music is beautiful. And another good book, um, When God Becomes Real by Brian Johnson from Bethel. Yeah. That should be next on your reading I know, list. I, I will put it to you. <laughs> yeah. Put it in the show notes. Yes. Um, <laughs> All right, favorite country you've been to? Oh, okay. So it was always Poland forever and a day. Um, but I think it's Haiti now. Mm-hmm. I think it's Haiti. Because, like, so for those who don't know, please pray for Haiti. They are in no-fly zone right now because there's so many protests happening. And it's it's wicked sad, you know, and, and they just need our prayers. Um, and if you feel, you know, it's Lent right now. Yeah. If, this, if this podcast gets out during Lent and you're looking for an almsgiving to do, because prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in Lent, um, I would like humbly invite you to consider going to Haiti180.com, Haiti180.com and signing up to be a Team 180 member. Um, and basically that just means you are giving $15 a month um, to that organization, to, Sh- to Sean Force organization. Um, and it's so needed right now, yes. be- especially because mm-hmm. what happens when they riot in Haiti is they set up these roadblocks so that no one can come in or out. Um, and even to get through, if you were to manage to get through those roadblocks, it would be like a threat to your life. Like it's it's very, very dangerous. Um, so right now, Sean needs more Team 180 members because um, with these roadblocks, not knowing how long these protests are going to last, um, they're going to run out of food. 
Yeah. So right now he is thinking about that idea that eventually he might have to have to, wow, he might have to fly um, via helicopter, like just bags of rice, just yes. to feed the orphans that um, are at his orphanage. Because he, he's in charge of um, an orphanage, a school, two elderly homes, a medical clinic. Um, is there anything else I'm missing? Um, yeah. Well, there's like... Then there's like villagers that villagers, he helps too, yeah. like John Simone. Um, right. So, he feeds a lot of people. Yeah. So if that is something that you can do, it's about like three Starbucks drinks a month. Yes. Like <laughs> it's so doable. Um, please prayerfully consider that. Yes. Not to, and just so you know, this like I'm not being paid to say this. <laughs> like I've talked about like plugged Haiti and like Christophanic, and I'm not being paid. Yes. We just absolutely love Haiti with everything and. I don't know about you. I'm sure that you would agree, but like Haiti and Sean's work and Haiti 180 has definitely changed who I am and my prayer life and my relationship with the Lord and taught me so, so much. So that just holds a very special place in all of our hearts. Absolutely. Um, and especially when we see videos of Sean, like trying to asking for more team 180 members because he's trying to devise how to get rice to these kids who we love and know by name. And like, I don't know, Nika, one of the orphans. Uh. Oh, she so good. she asked me when I was coming back the last time I was there. And Breaks I like, your heart. I, I don't know. As like the tears roll down her cheek. I'm like, I promise I will be back at some point oh, in time. The heart, the worst. So she's asking that question. And then all of a sudden, so she knows like good, good father. Because when we go, oh, we like yes. bring all of our songbooks and we sing in the chapel and stuff. And the oh my gosh, Haitians have the most beautiful, beautiful voice. voices. They're so good. And that yes. chapel is just unreal for acoustics. Yeah. Um, But so of course like the first thing she does when i get off that canter is just start singing good good father and i'm like i am undone yes i am wrecked yes anyway sorry <laughs> those yeah okay haiti haiti is a good yeah yeah haiti's haiti. that country <laughs> the short answer haiti <laughs> haiti um all right well, what question all right so I, I guess we were just talking about singing and we were just talking about prayer and whatever but my next question was going to be what's your favorite form of prayer or way to pray definitely praise and worship for sure that's always been something that the lord like put in my heart when i was little um i was a big a big fan of k-love growing up yes and like the same 15 songs that yes. are on loop uh they're beautiful i'm not hating on them i just you know they're great um but yeah praise and worship for sure which kind of led me to um learn how to play guitar and i now lead worship for retreats and confirmation classes and diocesan level events um but also just every week at at resurrection at seaside life teen um on thursdays for the holy hour and then for the meditation song at mass so praise and worship is definitely like one of my spiritual love languages my other one would probably be icons i love icons <laughs> yes yes iconography and praise and worship i can get on board with that also fun fact you taught yourself how to play guitar but that's that, that's a separate thing. That's a different story. That's a different story. But all oh, very cool. Another cool question. If you could meet any pope, who would it be? Oh, JP2, for sure. I love that man. Yes. I like I was like younger when he passed away, but I still remember like where I was when it happened and like I don't know why I cried so hard, but like I just remember like sobbing and I was like I don't really know him, but it's, <laughs> I just I miss him already and so I was like wicked sad about it. Um but even like since then I've read different books um about him and just his encyclicals i had to read it, some of his encyclicals in school and it's just like this is the kind of guy that like loved radically you know what i mean but also like in his radical love was not afraid to kick your butt 
Yes. So like kind of need that, that both and, you know what I mean? So it, I would definitely, um, if I could meet any Pope, it would be him. Definitely. All right. My one last speed round question, which did not turn into a speed round, but turned into something much, <laughs> much more beautiful. Um, all right. If you could be BFFs with any saint other than JP2, sorry, <laughs> who would it be? It. Um, okay. So it would either be, she's not a saint yet. Um, either Blessed Kiara Luce Badano. She has been getting yes. more and more traction recently. So if you are one of the few who still do not know who she is, please look her up. She is really cool. Um, and I met her parents at World Youth Day Madrid, and that you was did? really cool. Yeah. It I was, did not know this. It was so cool. Um, but so her or um, Maximilian Colby. Yes. Yeah. Because he's, he's also one of those like, we'll love you radically, but we'll also kick your butt. Yes. So I think I like saints that do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you do. Life is about balance, you know? Yeah. So. You know. All right. Well, this has been an amazing first episode. I am so glad that we did this and so glad that you agreed to come and have this adventure with me. Um, as we were talking about, Life with Christ is a wonderful adventure. And somehow now I'm recording a podcast. I know. And that's cool. That's really cool. So this has been an awesome time with you. Anything else you'd like to add, Michaela? I just want to say thank you for having me on the show and just, you know, dealing with all the <laughs> the fact that I made the speed round, like not speedy. <laughs> Sorry. And that we started talking about otters, but that's... Oh, but that was wicked important. Yeah, I would say that was the highlight of the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's all we have for today. Lots of conversation of otters, saints, and everything in between. Thank you so much, Michaela, for having for coming and being on this first ever episode of the To The Heights podcast. Thank you. To God be the glory. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the To The Heights podcast. And a big thank you to Michaela for being on it. I know we had a lot of fun, so I hope you enjoyed listening in. And I hope you have some takeaways of joy and mission and service and loving the Lord through our journeys to the heights. Be sure to tune in next week for a very exciting guest who I cannot wait to share with you. But until then, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at To The Heights CTV. Or find me at Olivia Rose underscore art or OliviaRoseArt.com. Talk to you next week and keep on reaching to the heights. <laughs> <laughs>